Hello and welcome to episode 258 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and you're... Colin McKay. Hello. Hello, Colin. It's nice to see you on a Friday night. We're doing this a bit yeah. later just because of some, um, some real-world issues. Um, some, yeah, it's nice to see you on a Friday night. How are you? It is. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to settle back. Relax. Have a nice beer after a long, hard week at work, so I'm, I'm doing good, sir. I'm happy well, to be here. I think we should get to the beer first of all, because the beer that you've got is, I don't know, I can't remember the name of it, what is it called? It's called Kronbacher. It is Kronbacher. bigger than you, the bottle is bigger than, you could live inside that bottle, that it's, is like a wine bottle sized bottle. It's like <laughs> a 660ml bottle, it's that just a normal than your stomach can handle. Bottle. If I had to fill you up with water, that would be more than 660ml. <laughs> well, maybe, but... That's, I'll, I'll drink, I'll sweat slowly as I'm drinking. Oh my God, so that, that, that'll do you for a week. That, that's like a week off of drinking for you there, looking at that no, thing. It's just a nice week. I didn't think it looked that big. But <laughs> when you it, lifted it up, I thought it was uh, a wine bottle. It was like you were swinging <laughs> a wine bottle. Uh, as you can imagine, it's, it's a German pills. Um, Very nice. Very refreshing. Because it's German and it's pills. Yes. Germans do pills better than... Anybody else? Um, they do. They no, do. It's, it's, it's a dead nice. You've probably had it before. I think I have actually had it, but not had it in a bottle quite as magnificently large as that. To be honest, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a normal bottle. You're just such a tiny little man. I'm tiny. Huge. I'm like Tom Thumb size. Yeah, that's what it is. Almost pocket. Like size. Every can looks so like like a fun size can. <laughs> I used to have um, a mole job. I used to make myself a giant's breakfast. I'd make little sandwiches and cut them into four. And then put them like wee baby tomatoes and the tiny sweet tangerines and grapes. So, that so you felt big. Tiny in my hand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Just felt like you had wee tiny bananas and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you a lot of tiny bananas. Yeah, it's like Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks a nice bottle of beer. It looks a nice bottle of beer. <laughs> what are you drinking? I've got a fancier one called Jaipur. Mm. I love Jaipur. That is do a you? lovely. Yes, I do. It's a lovely. Bit. I like it in a bottle, um, not a can, but it's lovely. So as it's so so too so refreshing. Easy. American style mm. IPA, very nice, yeah. very refreshing. Perfect on a Friday night. Um, and it's so not lovely. really that strong either. It's can, strong. I thought it's like five point nine. Yeah, so you can drink a few before. Drink it, a few, yeah, but it's definitely lovely drink. Yes, this one. What are my favourites? Well done. No, I don't imagine you drink this one. This one seems yeah. far too outlandish for you, so I'm surprised at that. It's not outlandish at all. It's just like a nice beer. Adventurous beers. You are a man of constant surprises, Colin. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> um, so we had a little bit of press for time tonight, so we'll try and wrap through some stuff very quickly. So, non-cinema viewing, what have you watched of interest at home? Uh, interest at home, I'm going to start tonight with a new TV show called okay. From... Um, okay, which from. is from the producers of Lost. Um, so JJ, JJ, all that mob, probably some of the same writers and stuff like that. Um, premise of the show is um, this family's traveling and their, their van passes through a town. Um, yep. They drive out of town, but it takes them back into the town. And every time they go to leave the town, you come back in. So basically, anyone that goes out of this town is stuck in this town. There was um, a Phil's episode that done that at one point. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not, not the cleverest idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and at night time, there's these like kind of monsters hanging about. So you've got to put talismans in your windows and close the blinds and mm-hmm. lock your doors, or the monsters come in and fuck you up quite brutally. It's quite nasty as well. It's quite kind of oh, what R-rated as well. It makes um, sense. It's a lost guy because Harold Pirinu. Yeah, he's he lost. Do you that boy can act? I was saying to Lorraine, I've not really seen him much from Lost, but when you see him this, he's He's like, I see, he's got chops. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he was, he was Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet and he was linked in Make Fix Reloaded. I'm sure he pops yeah. up on the road as well. He's the guy, like, so the oh, other he man. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, with the, the trolley. Yeah, yeah. so he's, 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 he, he, can, he can act. 
basically great about it. And this is his character's phenomenal, and he really kind of brings life to the character. Oh, okay. It's a really good show. Like a lot gorier um, and nastier than I thought it was going to be. There's been a few bits where I've winced that, and you know, I was too a bit, you know, do whatever yeah. I don't care. But uh, there's been a few bits I've been like that. It's quite, quite cool. So, yeah, get, get on that, sir. Where's that available? Uh, it's on Sky at the moment, and I think all episodes are, are there to view. Cool. I am looking for a new show because I have finished my show, which is I finished The Boys. Um, all mm-hmm. 10, 9 episodes of it was. I finished yeah, them this yeah. week. Um, enjoyable season three, yeah, 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 but yeah, a bit predictable at times, not so much predictable, but more it ends in the same place that the other ones end. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of it does feel a little bit like as much as there's some very good stuff in it, mm. it feels like it's very much spinning its wheels a little bit when it comes to actually following the story on. Um, yeah, because where, where, where are they going to go? Yeah, it has to push towards an end game at some point. Um, yeah. But I did very much enjoy it. Some very, there's some very cool stuff in it, very messed up stuff in it, very funny stuff in it. Obviously, it's it's not particularly subtle if it's satire, um, which I think is really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because one of my favourite things online just now is to find people in Twitter who have realised that Homelander is not the goodie. There's a, there's a whole kind of feeling that Homelander and he's not. It's about the same people who yeah. think... Rage Against the Machine are like a cool band and not in any way socialist. It's like yeah, oh, yeah. Rage Against the Machine. People it's, figuring uh, we were, that out is one of my favourite things. We were talking about this and that, 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 I just find it amazing that there's people that don't get it more to the hmm. point. That's like, how, how can you not? I mean, it's fun. Aye. But that's um, insane that there's people getting outraged that he's, he's not an all-American superhero. Yeah, he's, like, he's supposed to be a dick. That's the point. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah anything else you've watched at home? Um, and I've been watching Camp Cretaceous is back on. So this Lovely. Is, I think I'm like three seasons behind that. I have to try and finish yeah, it off. Season, season five right now, which mm-hmm. I believe has to be the, the, the final season. Um, again, great, great TV. Animated, it's a cartoon. Um, yep. Not made for kids, but um, it does live solidly in the Jurassic franchise. Yep. Um, this is set in between the events of... or Before, before they leave the island in the Lost Kingdom one. This, 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 this I thought it was set between sort of Fallen Kingdom and the Jurassic World, the first one. I thought it was all in between them two. Is it not around about that? Oh, it, might, it might be actually because yeah. Indominus is escaped. They, die, yeah. Indominus. Yeah, they, do bits, yeah. they do tie bits of it into yeah. it as well. So that's just good when they bring in some kind of characters and stuff like that as well. Yep. So it's really good that it does, you know, as part of the actual universe and doing their license to use the characters yeah. and the dinosaurs and, and stuff like that. It fits, but doesn't need to be viewed, if that makes sense. It sort of it fits yeah. you, but it's almost it's a parallel story within the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you don't need any knowledge of it whatsoever yeah. to watch the movies, but watching this, I think, gives you... We've got right. more knowledge of the universe overall. Yeah. yeah, and doesn't take anything away yeah. from what you like about the actual universe itself. Yeah, yeah. No. so I'm enjoying that. I think I'm about halfway through the season, so I'll rattle through a few more over the weekend and get that finished off. Lovely, lovely. So, and I assume you're still watching your um, Only Murders in the Building. Only still... Murders. Yeah, getting a wee bit better now. It seems to have kind of picked up on the fact that there's not been much story kind of telling going yeah. on, so they've kind of picked it up in this episode, so that was one of the better ones. I'm moving okay. towards a kind of story and getting a bit more clues and stuff like that now. So, yeah, that, that's still... Still getting watched and still has a place in my heart. Well, we'll start then with a movie that's it's been out for a couple of maybe about a year now. Um, that we both said we'd watch. Um, that's on available in like Sky Cinemas mm. and things like that. Um, it's got I watched at home this week as well. And that's Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, yeah. Um, which was directed by Johan Robert. 
or Johan Robert. He's English, but you get a name that sounds like he's not English. Um, directed some interesting stuff. He directed 47 Metres Down, which I actually really quite enjoyed. Um, yeah, I didn't mind that, yeah. Yeah, 47 Metres Down Caged, which I haven't seen yet, but sounds relatively which is interesting. terrible. Terrible, okay. Terrible, um, yeah. He did direct The Other Side of the Door as well, which was fucking horrendous. Um, and it was a great... Storage 24, which I actually did quite like. So he's got an interesting up and down sort of horror thing. Um, this is sort of a prequel to the Resident Evil um, like films and game, essentially, isn't it? Sort of like it's sort of set before the game as well, isn't it? Yeah, briefly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just like so it's basically how the town in Resident Evil becomes the city and becomes what it, it is. Becomes, yeah, what it is you see in the games and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um very quickly, because I don't think it deserved that much. Um it wasn't very good. And I, I'm, I'm a, I actually have a lot of time for the Resident Evil franchise. Um, it's one of those kind of film, one of those franchises that I know is bad, but I kind of get something from it. And maybe the, a lot of that is Mila Jovovich, who I find a very watchable actress, particularly in yeah. those like action roles. She's um, the only thing that holds those films together. And she seems to have a lot yeah. of love for them as well. So that yeah. makes it, you yeah. feel that, at least she's enjoying what she's doing, so you kind of get that yeah. from it. This one I got that no one really cared or even gave a shit what they were doing. So it became, it was, Pretty dull from start to finish, to be honest. And I didn't really, I didn't really get much from it. What did, did you think of it? Um, I enjoyed it slightly more. Same as you. It wasn't, it wasn't a fantastic movie. Um, but before it moved at an alright pace. It did. It, it, um, it doesn't hang around. It rattles through. It does rattle at speed. There's definitely that. Yes. Couple of wee eerie moments in it as well. Um, yeah. which, the dogs are always the, creepy because I always remember yeah, the dogs in the game. Yeah, yeah, the dog and uh, the, the the girl that plays the lead to her, her name is it Kaylee something. Um, she was actually pretty good. Yeah, she's really good because um, she was in Crawl as well. Remember stuff like yes. that. And she, she, she's a great actress. I like her a lot. I've said this before on mm-hmm. the podcast. She's done Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff like that as well. She was she's definitely better than the material she was given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she she's destined for big, big, bigger things. That girl, I think. I hope um, so. Or um, sort of. IMDb doesn't really show she gets that much going on, so it's a bit of a shame, but mm. I'd like to think she will eventually one day get some, some better work because she's definitely yeah. deserving of better work. Yeah, I think so. But no, I enjoyed it for that. Um, see, same as you, the plot, the plot was nonsense. Um, they had their obligatory game references, like the bit where they walk into the police station, they kind of give you the top-down view and stuff like that. Some of the I mean, shots were very, they weren't from the game, but they were very reminiscent of the game, so yeah, you got the vibe yeah. of the game from it, yeah. Um, the dog and things like that. So, yeah. you know, they were, like, kind of referencing, the, you know, what people wanted and stuff like that as well. But, yeah, it was it, it was just throwing nonsense. If you ask me yeah. a week what it's about, it'll be like the zombies, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I watched that yeah. a week ago, and I'm actually struggling to remember the story, to be honest. Yeah. All I know is yeah. it's a prequel to the original Resident Evil. And I think the biggest thing for me, Missing was Neil Jovovich. Like I, I kind of, she to me is like synonymous with the with that, uh, the, that with franchise the name, now. Like I don't almost want to have her in it. You know, it's a bit like yeah. if you've done, you know, a pirates movie without Johnny Depp or a Bond film without Matt Damon. It, Matt Damon so yeah. there's something intrinsically missing from <laughs> franchise work. That that franchise. Um, yeah, six out of ten because it moved that pace. I enjoyed that part of it. I thought it was quite kind of well well paced. So. I'd probably go a five out of ten. Yeah, uh, not too bad. It's dumb. Disposable Friday night entertainment. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then I watched right after that, I watched Robocop, and I realised Robocop is completely dumb, stupid, but brilliantly done. Friday night entertainment. So there's, a, there's a difference in how it's executed. Um, yeah. yeah. But, Ro- and I the, the original Robocop. Yeah. Not, yes, not original Robocop. Yeah. I not the not the Colin Farrell bad one. Yeah. Um, yeah. That we all forget. We all hope to one day forget about. Um, Hey, we're going to some some bigger releases then. So a big one out this week was on Netflix, a $200 million movie, which is The Grey Man. Did you watch this? 
No, I've no. heard people talking about it. I'm many, but um, just with long working hours this week, I've got the TV episodes have been the, the choice, my friend. I'll give you an overview then of the Grey Man. So it's directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, who obviously know from all things Captain America, Winter Soldier, Civil War, uh, Infinity War, Endgame, and the lesser spoken about Cherry. Um, so the plot of this one is based on a book by Mark Greeny um, of the same name, which I am. Um, read during lockdown and when I was reading when I was watching the film going I cannot remember one thing about this book it's one of those proper like sort of you know holiday reads when you sort of you turn, page turner by all mm. you know, accounts but um in reality it's probably doesn't really stick long in the memory in that respect you know you know like a you know John yeah, Grisham yeah. book or something like that so uh, it's when the CIA's most skilled operative who the de- true identity is, is known to none Accidentally called a dark agency secrets, a psychopathic former colleague puts a bounty on his head, setting off a global manhunt by international terrorists. So essentially, in this film, Ryan Gosling is a killer. He finds out something he shouldn't find out, and he's gonna he wants to know what it's about. People who employ him really like fuck, we don't have him saying something about this, so they start sending the killers after so him to stop him. Send it hit and hitman. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a hitman is it's John Wick in that respect. You know, you, you try to kill the great assassin. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Gosling playing him. You got Chris Evans playing the sort of the main guy who's trying to um kill him. Um, oh, and the Armist plays um sort of a muddy character who's sometimes on the side of him, sometimes on the side of the other. She's she's a grey area. Um, you've got Billy Bob Thornton popping up in it, um, Jessica Henwick, Rene Jean Page from All Things Bridgerton, and the always underrated but never in enough stuff, Shea Wiggum, um, who I always find very entertaining as a, an actor. No, not Shea Wiggum from The Simpsons. No, just to, no. Just to be fair. Out for anyone that's confused. Yeah. <laughs> this is a mostly enjoyable action thriller that doesn't hang around long enough for you to actually care about the plot or the holes in the plot. You know, one of those kind of films. Mm. It must jump to at least nine different sort of countries and locations in the first half hour. You know, mm. so it moves so quickly that you don't really give a shit. You, you um, kind of get lost. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, if you start applying, try to apply logic to it, then you will try and go like, how does that work? How did I get? How is she in Washington and then now she's in New York or in mm. Croatia within you know half an hour? Twenty minutes later, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Um, there's. Evans is fun in it. He seems to be playing a completely different film to anyone else. Like he's sort of he's playing it as almost like sort of a comedy kind of. Like he's sort of really hamming up and he's he can enjoy being the asshole, you know, a bit like he was in Knives Out. He's he's sort of embracing that yeah. aspect of it. Yeah. Um but he does get kind of reduced to the guy in the chair orchestrating this oh, rather than being sort almost of almost like stroking a cat. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Um not enough anyone else, to be honest. Like there's no Anna de Armas, which is a crime when Anna yeah, de Armas is Anna de Armas. Um, she's a great oh, actress, yeah. Yeah, no Billy, not enough Billy Bob, not enough Jessa Henwick, very little Rene Jean Page. So that's kind of a bit of a shame that all these really good actors get sidetracked mm. for very minimal effort. Is there action in it? Oh, yeah, some decent action. Is, is, is get, it well done? Yeah. I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, Gosling's in a different movie. He's playing it completely straight, right. which completely lacks any sort of charm towards... The, like, there's yeah. no sort of bantery stuff. There's no sort of like feeling like they're in the same world. Even it feels yeah. like it feels like you know you're watching someone who thinks he's born versus someone who thinks he's Austin Powers. It's like it doesn't this doesn't meld the, right. You know the weird you know? dynamic. To, yeah, yeah. Um, director should have nailed that shit. Yeah, um, again, it's got the action is is well done. You know the the the, the Russos can direct action. There's not a problem with yeah. that. Um, yeah, but seeing a world where we're so used to like sort of great action now, but we've, yeah. we've all seen great action. See me see this heavily edited action 
it really stands up. Right. Like it really yeah. shows up in my opinion. And then you feel you feel, you feel so taken away from you. you. Go well, that's clearly a stunt double. You know that stunt yeah. double green screen. You know it yeah. doesn't feel real. They have got a commitment to sort of like non CGI. They do try and use like a lot of like practical effects. So because of that. It feels small in comparison to say like a big budget film because yeah. they're not they don't have like cities blown up they have like cars flipping and explosions so yeah that's, I actually enjoy that part of it um, but it also means that the CGI does stand out when it's there and that's the biggest issue I had with it this thing cost two hundred million dollars which is about fifty million more than Top Gun Maverick yeah and I, I don't know where the money went I don't, it's, it looks I'm not gonna say it looks cheap. Yeah. But you're gonna go not that kind of money. What's, 200, what's this 200 million? Like, it's a bit like that one we saw with The Rock and Dwayne Johnston, Ryan Reynolds. Um, yeah, the Red Note. Red Note. Red Note is Steve Yes. The money's oh, the, they're just paid to have these names and yeah. It feels the, the like budget that. can't the, the movie then can't support the fucking how big the names are because the budget's oh. not there. Yeah, yeah. Like, what have you spent this money on? It just seems like you've I don't see what 200 million. It's felt see the tone this film was made for 90 million. I go, yeah, that's pretty money well spent. That makes sense. Yeah. It looks good for that. But for spending 200 million on I mean, there's clear shots and you go, they were not anybody in the same room as each other, you know, when you see them talking to each yeah. other. Like in the same they're in the same scene. But it looks, not, you can see it's a green screen composite shot and it looks so obvious. Um, it's not good for a movie with that, yeah. you say, that much money. Somebody should be able to catch that stuff. Aye. And I'll be honest with you, it feels like a movie made by, like, sort of algorithm. You know, it's sort of like, what do people like? People like Ryan Gosling, people like Christopher, Chris Evans, people like Anna de Armas, mm. and they like spy thrillers. Let's just plug it into this and see what we get. And this is what you would get. And it's like, yeah, it's fine, but it sort of really lacks any sort of oomph, you know, or anything that makes it feel interesting, I would say. Um, yeah. Oh, that was bit, it was really yeah. disappointing, to be honest. And you're sitting, you're watching your house, you go, I'm getting this for free. It's a $200 million mm. movie, and I'm kind of just sort of blah with it. Yeah, it should be. That should be like a big release that is genuinely good. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That, that's exactly what that should be. And it sounds like it's just fell flat. Ah, it's not. It's not even get like the extraction one with Chris Hemsworth had some kind of crazy, like sort of like fell a bit flat as well. But it had a couple mm. of really kind of cracking standout moments. And you go right, that's that, yeah. that lingers that that one shot and stuff like that was really cool. But this doesn't really have any of that. Nothing at all. Just yeah. done when it's finished. It's, it's generic action it film that's been made by algorithm. Which again, yeah. two hundred million. I don't see where the money went. Ninety million. It's not a bad film. That was yeah. you know. But yeah, bit bit of a letdown to be honest. A bit of a shame. Is it is it sci-fi as well? No. No. Okay. Cool. I think I'm going to watch it. Um, watch it. Yeah. I think I think it's worth a watch. Yeah. But yeah. I was yeah. And if you watch in the cinema, you might the bigger scale might have helped might, it a little yeah. bit. But I watching think, it at yeah. home. It, but then if you watch it in cinema, what you're seeing about the effects there, that just amplifies bad effects as well. So agreed. Maybe, agreed. Maybe not. Maybe not a cinema. Not a good yeah. idea. Um, what else have you seen? Well, I'll give that six out of ten. First of all. So, okay. Okay. Not bad. Okay. Not bad. Well, I mean, yeah. you just said was a bit meh. It's a bit meh, but it's still <laughs> enjoyable for the most part. You know, it's still enough in it to keep you interested. You know, it's, watchable meh. Yeah. If you're paying for it in cinema, I'd probably feel let down, but you're getting it home for free essentially. You know, so yeah, fill your boots, enjoy it. Yeah, move on. What I did see, uh, it's showing you where your, your niche cinemas is Brian and Charles, directed by Jim Archer. It's his feature debut, and the plot of this one is set in Wales. There's a guy who's very lonely, very sad, but he's a bit of a tinkerer. He sort of makes things and sort of fixes things. Sometimes not very well. Sometimes he's a bit. Yeah an odd duck in that respect but one lonely winter essentially makes a person he makes a robot 
that becomes his friend because he's a very lonely, sad person, and that's Charles. Um, and it's sort of the story of Brian, the, the human, and Charles becoming friends and both of them sort of bringing the humanity out of, e- out of each other. One, you know, one who's sort of been detached from reality and yeah. one who is a robot. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you've also got the like, sort of people across the way who are like sort of don't want to basically just take Charles away because he's like sort of a, an oddity and they want to use him for their own needs. Um, mm. the, the odd thing is that Charles, it's not like a very classy looking robot. It's literally a washing machine with some fake legs on it and like a, a mannequin's head. So it looks like the most <laughs> lo-fi. You've all seen Jill was, Jill couldn't watch it. She was a bit freaked out by it because it looks so weird. Like she was a bit like, no, I don't like it. It's Uncanny Valley German. kind of thing. It's very odd. Yeah, it sounds yeah. quite charming. Sometimes. It's very charming, very British. So yeah. it's in the film, you got a lot of people you don't know. It's a guy called Dave Arrow, who's apparently a comedian. Um, he's a sort of the Brian guy, Chris Hayward, Louise Brealey, Jamie Mishy, and Nina Sonsha. Didn't know any of them. They're all very no. sort of unknowns. Mm. Um, but a very British movie. Um, but it's got a weird, I feel a real kind of, what we do in the shadows documentary vibe to it a little bit. Yeah. You know, that kind is of, it, it's... That, that kind of humour? That kind of style, that kind of style yeah. of filming was in it. Yeah. Um, but it's darkly, darkly comic because he has a quite, he has a character who would sometimes be seen as like sort of, you would really hate him, but in this, you, you find him quite charming and quite nice. So it was actually all right. Um, but... I found it quite uplifting, mostly, to be honest. It was quite, it actually worked for me for the most part. Um, and I found a lot of charm to it in the end um, when he was when he's doing his stuff. Um, the young guy, David Errol, the old guy, David Errol, is excellent in the, lead, in the lead. He plays it really straight, but really owns the comedy in it, which I thought was great. Yeah. Um, the robot is very strangely unsettling. Like I said, Jill didn't like it at all. It's a very awkward, does, weird looking Does thing. the robot have a voice? Yes, it does. And again, very awkward and unsettling. Um, and, that's, <laughs> and I even a bit unsettling. It's because it's, I think we're so used to the high-tech Hollywood yeah. film that this seems so weirdly wrong when you're looking at it. Um, <laughs> and it was a real kind of tonic to the big movie. You know, it sort of felt like a really, it's the kind of film me and you would really enjoy going to see on like a Tuesday night after work. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. and we sit in the cinema, say like a five, half five show, and it'd be like half a dozen was in the cinema for like the whole cinema. Yeah, and we're all yeah. going, that was really nice. Yeah, you we know, enjoyed that, it. I totally. It's that kind of movie. Yeah, it, it's, it's not yeah. getting up. It's not going to get any real showing. Because so where did you see the classical film theater? No, the local audience actually showing it for some reason. <clears throat> they, they actually had it on. Yeah, yeah, but I think it is quite limited release in what it's doing. Yeah, it's, it's the same because it sounds really charming. It's, it's very, very charming. It's yeah. kind of film you want to see in the cinema and you want you want to enjoy in the cinema. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so but I, I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was very sweet, cool. very charming. Um, very, very, very solid 7 out of 10. Well done, you. You see, you're increasing as the night goes on. As the night goes on. Yep, so on to the last film of the night, and that is one that's on Amazon Prime. Um, it's called Prize Fighter, The Life of Jim. Belcher, um, directed by Daniel Graham, who directed a film called Opus Zero, which is a cool title. And he also directed one called The Obscure Life of the Grand Duke of Corsica, which is an even more cooler title. Um, mm. I have not seen either of them. Um, the plot of this film is essentially about a prize fighter, a guy in the 1800s who was like being up boxing. It's a true story about a guy who essentially his granddad was a great fighter and, and he got brought up to be a fighter. And it's him sort of at the very sort of precipice of when boxing was still the sort of the, the prize fight was like basically rich yeah. people would sort of 
bring people into fight in their living room essentially, so they could watch it and yeah. enjoy that respect. Fight club, so. essentially, yeah. And um, so, like before it all becomes like an actual, before boxing becomes, you know, boxing essentially, you know, they're also the, um, regulated, so just, yeah, mm. and regulated is a big word, yeah. So it's still guys are fighting basically, sort of almost almost illegal. They're fighting in like fields and stuff like that, where the rich and stuff just throw money at them. Um, and it's just best guys rise from relative obscurity through to try to to become the British champion uh, or English champion, sorry, and then his decline and trying to rise again, and that's the sense of the film. Um, so you've got in the film, you've got Matt Hookings, who not only produced it, but actually wrote the film as well, and he plays the Jim Belcher character, so points to him. Apparently his dad was a um, boxer, and he's very invested in the boxing world, so okay. obviously making so his he- own he wrote, directed Dan Starbuck as well? No, he wrote and produced and produced and starred, but somebody else directed right. it. Um, right. His trainer in the film is Ray Winston, and nothing makes a film like Ray Winston. Um, no. You've also <laughs> got, you got Russell Crowe plays his granddad, um, no, Julian no. Glover, Jodie May, and Martin Soskis also pop in it as well. So it's some kind of heavyweights, you know, yeah, kind of backing, yeah. you know, mm. um, in, in there. Um, it is a kind of long-winded sports biopic. You know, you've seen it a hundred times before, um, and it's got quite a nice idea of showing this sort of like this push and pull between the amateurishness and the the want to the, the 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 working man want to make money from it, but they're still mm. tied to the idea of like you know it's the, the gentry are the ones who make the money for it, and they're the ones yeah. who sort of throw the money at it. So they're like trying you know be subservient to them in a respect. Yeah. Um, Russell Crowe is barely comprehensible in it. He's doing an Irish accent, which, as we've seen recently with Russell, Russell can go one of two ways with his accents. You know, he, he definitely can... <laughs> land or, or, or fucking... Yeah, he can, he, can, he can land it spot on or he can definitely overshoot the runway by a fair bit. And um, yeah. this one, he's, he's, he's definitely flown far. He's, 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 he's got to Ireland and taken a massive running jump um, into the Atlantic <laughs> somewhere, to be honest. Is, is this Crowe's new thing? He popped up in a film for five minutes... Does his thing then swans off now? Well, he's done it a few times. We liked remember we saw him in that Ned Kelly film. Yeah, yeah. Really good in that one. He'd been yeah. popped up for like 10 minutes and really rocked that film. Yeah. So and then he had four, four's the same. He just kind of walked in, had a wee bit, and then he's off. Do you know what I mean? Do you know, know the thought they shot every scene twice? And they shot no. it once when I'm doing a British accent, another one was doing his um his other accent. Exactly. And they decided, and just in case he couldn't go with the, the one that was well, I would say basically Greek. racist, essentially. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, that's how a, a kind of Greek person would broke English. Apparently, it's very, it's very Australian Greek. It's sort of like the same series in British TV. You get like sort of the kind of heavily accented, like sort of like Javid and Still Game. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. It's basically that's because yeah. Melbourne's got a massive Greek population. So it's sort of like the, the very, you know, sort of cartoonish. Mm. Anyway, they've done nothing. Um, Ray Winston, usual stereotype, you know, just growls and skills at the camera. At times, you're not entirely sure if he's in a film or if he is, you know, doing a, doing a bet three six five advert. Mister um, Winston's in an odd place just now, career wise, isn't he? He's fucking he made some strange choices recently. Then he gets, he gets in a black, he gets in a Marvel movie. I know, exactly, I know, I know, and Ray Winston's that as well. And you're like, ah, it's, oh, it's, very strange. Yeah, odd, um, odd. Lead is very good. Matt Hookings, he brings a lot to the role. Um, you know, he, he definitely a very charming guy, very pretty boy. That's a big thing about the box at the time, a very pretty man. Um, and he plays it. Some of his acting is he's maybe not quite got the, the scope of some of the people in the past. As I've seen particularly when he sort of gets injured and it's very amdram, is the way I put it. Yeah. Um yeah. 
and like I said, the plot is very typical sports movie. It does lose pace a lot at the end in the final fight, and it's about at least 20 minutes too long. And I think from what I read afterwards, it's a little bit historically fudged because in the film, they fight with gloves at the end. And I don't think yeah, that was the case. That, that How long does it run for? Is that an, a... an hour and 55. So it does kind of... Yeah, so it's looking at levels. Yeah. Uh, Again, this editing thing, it's a big problem just now, isn't it? Just not knowing how to just. just I mean, something you need enough. a longer film. Mm. Something you no, don't. Not every film, yeah. yeah. Uh, if it just. There's a couple of scenes that you go, I, I don't think you really needed that scene. I, I get why you could, that could be done in maybe in a, a couple of lines of dialogue as opposed to mm. a five-minute scene type thing. Yeah. Um, mm. But for the most part, it's it's, it's your standard sports biopic. You've kinda, and it's nice to see one you, or something you don't know. You know, yeah. it's like it's genuinely yeah. an interesting that I don't actually know anything about them. So I got a bit from it in, in that respect. So um, yeah. I'd give it a very solid six out of ten. Yeah, not too bad. I might try and check it out as well. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. You're basically getting it for free because you've you've got your Amazon Prime, so you may as well just sit and watch it one night. And it's there's worse things to watch. Cool. You have convinced me, right, sir? I'm going to tell people where you can find this, so you can go and have. Your no, no, I'm going to tell you what we're going to see next week. First of all, next oh, week. All right, okay, do that. We'll get some interesting stuff. We've got the DC League of Super Pets. Oh, with. Uh, the Rock and, and Kevin Hart Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. All right. Yeah. 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 Um, you've got on Netflix Rogue Agent, which has got our very favourite Gemma Arterton in it. Oh, oh yeah, I need to watch that. Yes. <laughs> For no reason that. in that we love Gemma, so she, <laughs> yeah. she's in it. Um, you've got one that's on Disney Plus. I think it's on the, the Stars part of Disney Plus. Mm. You know, the, it's yeah, called Not. It's called Not Okay. No, and it's okay. about a woman who sort of finds fame when she pretends to be at a like a, a shooting or, or a disaster. She's a survivor of, a, of, a, of like a major incident, and people gravity to what but she wasn't there. Oh right, okay. They play, sounds... play for comedy apparently. So I'm, I'm very intrigued to know how the comedy lands in this. To be that honest. Sounds like dark material, right? Yeah. Okay, we'll check that out as well. Yeah, yeah. as well. Um if we're looking for something interesting to watch once you finish from I'm gonna start watching Paper Girls on Amazon Prime because I'm a big fan of the comic book and it's a kind of time travel you know, kids kicking ass kind of thing, which I'm a big fan of. So I'm gonna try and watch that. Cool. Cool. And I will finish off the stuff that I'm watching. Yes, we'll do that. Whatever. Uh, you can find us at number three beers in the movie. We're on Gmail, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just give us likes and be thumbs up and all that cheesy shit that other podcasts actually do at the end as well. Please. I've been Colin. You've been Richard. And we have been Booyah. Yeah. Three beers in a movie.